Welcome everyone to the Holstein House podcast. I'm the West Virginia woman, Robin of RobinHolstein.com and Holstein House, where my guests get a great night's sleep at a fair rate plus breakfast. This is a podcast that looks at society and culture issues affecting families in West Virginia and the United States, from food preparation and storage, gardening, home repairs, current events, and more. We'll go around the table and back in 60 minutes or less. So let's hang out and talk a while. Well, I hope the weather's fair wherever you guys are. It's been raining here in West Virginia, seems like for the whole year. But uh, we had, um, as of yesterday evening's newscasts, we had three inches of rain in, I mean, I don't know the exact number, but I'm, it was in 24 hours. I mean, the, the rain came through and um, started in the morning sometime or in the wee hours of the morning. And it just, in my area, it just rained all day, all day. Where my husband works, he said they didn't have much rain at all. But it here, here at the house, it rained all day. Our front yard is kind of puddled up, which happens from time to time. It doesn't threaten anything. We have a drain for the basement. And as long as there's no leaves or anything in it, it's um, it stays pretty cleared out. So what we're going to do here, we're going to get ready to start the part where I record for the um, podcast. And I do use this uh multiple ways. I use it for the YouTube stream. I use it for the Facebook stream and I use it for the podcast. And uh, I look, I use Audacity. Audacity is the free version of Audacity to uh, manipulate the audio. And when I say manipulate, I just mean take out and trim um, some dead air space and like this part, the introduction and the tail end of some stuff. So I try to keep the podcast at about an hour. Sometimes I go over, it just depends on what we're talking about. But I go in and I trim that off and I drop the intro and outro music in there. And what you do is you look for, you get real quiet for a few seconds so that when you look at the, the audio, you know, you've seen these things where it's, it bounces up and down the little images of, of the squiggly lines from audio. And so you look for flat spots. And so if you can give yourself about a five second uh, dead air, then you see this flat spot and you know about where to start trimming, you know, the beginning off. So we'll do that real quick and then we'll start um, with some of the few um, topics that I have just to kind of spur a little conversation while people come and go. So this is the February 17th, 2023 edition of Live Unscripted. It's the 38th podcast that we've done here at the Holstein House podcast. And uh, we're starting a little early today because, uh, well, I went to bed with a headache last night, which doesn't really have anything to do with it. But um, I, I mean, I went to bed at 630 and then um, got you know slept through, except I did get up. Bob, the dog, wanted up. To go out at about two o'clock but he had gone to bed too when i went to bed at 6 30 he came upstairs so he hadn't been out so about two o'clock in the morning he needed out so i let him out and we went straight back to bed and i slept through till four o'clock this morning so i 
I got a lot of sleep last night. Pretty decent sleep, too. But I still have a little bit of the headache hanging on. But we'll muddle through today. We'll muddle through today. It'll be just fine. Grateful for the rain. We're in a drought. We, uh, hi, hi, um, I, I don't know how, do you want me to call you Ronaldo, the eye dude? Or <laughs> what, how do you want me to address you here, darling? Um, we've had, not drought. Uh, West Virginia is almost a rainforest. Um, early on in the podcast, I, I quoted the number and I can't remember what it was. <laughs> Ronaldo, okay. Um, but we're like, you know, on average, on average, if you compare the average rainforest rain amount and the average rain in West Virginia, we're like a couple inches from being a rainforest. It's just um, crazy. But we we did, we, got, we haven't been in a drought drought, but we had several days of dry weather, which I was very grateful for, because it gets really slick out in the chicken run. And even with the with the um, tarp over the way it is, it still gets it, because the water just kind of it's on a little bit of a slant, so the water kind of seeps down. But in um, with this much rain and very little dry between, it uh, it gets kind of ugly in there and stinky, mm, stinky. Um, not all the time. But if we have a tremendous amount of rain and it just really, it can really get bad in there. I, I want to let the birds out today, but it's the temperature is dropping so fast, which is something else I think has to do with my headache. It's just this big swing in the barometric pressure. Um, it was, um, oh gosh, it was in the 70s a couple of days ago. This morning when I got up, it was like 53 Fahrenheit. And uh, it's um, it's 44 out there now. So in six hours, not even quite six hours, it's dropped. It's dropped quite a bit. So um, so nine degrees, I guess. <laughs> my math, my math's not very good at all. It's good to have you, Ronaldo. Uh, did you see? I know you emailed me about the um, Telegram group. But did you see the one where I asked you about coming on to discuss um, Bitcoin? I did send one the other day. So if you hadn't seen it, it's uh, it's out there somewhere <laughs> in cyberspace. Because I would like to get you on. Um, and we can, what the way it works is I'd send you a link. I could send it through Telegram or I can email it to you either way. And um, you need, you don't have to have a camera because you know you just don't have to but it works better if you do and then when you click the link it brings you into the stream yard you don't have to download stream you don't have to have an account with them or anything and then we would have a split screen um you've seen those before and uh, we just you know i wouldn't hit record right away make sure you're comfortable with what we're doing and then hit record we could do it live or not do it live either way I can record it and then post it later. So if you can't be here on a Tuesday or a Friday, then we can we can work something else out. But I'd love to have you on. I'd love to have you on. Um, to uh, I think my signal is kind of weak today too. I've got a one of those. Um, we can chat on Telegram. Yeah, we can chat on Telegram. Uh, 
I've got one of those weird little symbols on my screen that suggests that my signal's weak, which is odd because unless it's something out there, uh, there's nothing going on here at the house. There's nothing running here today that's not always running. Um, and a matter of fact, a lot of stuff that's not. I'm not I've got over-the-air television going on right now. I don't even have the streaming television going on. Yeah, we can chat on Telegram. That's fine. So some of the things I want to kind of chum the water, as they say in fishing vernacular, um, as far as topics today, uh, a little bit on on uh, content as far as YouTube and um, TikTok and Clapper videos and stuff. Um, the still going through uh, getting ready to get rid of DirecTV and uh, a little bit on the Ohio train derailment, maybe. That's kind of touchy. That's that's a mess. Um, the rain. We've been kind of talking about rain. And, um, oh, I'm on, I've, I've, I've started a um, hip camp account to go with the Airbnb and the B&B &B and just some, some stuff or anything else you guys want to kind of chat about today. One of the great uh, video and audio perfect. Okay, thank you very much. It just has, on my end, it'll have a little, um, you know how that little Wi-Fi symbol, the V with the little... <laughs> things going off of it that you get on your phone and stuff um every now and again if the signal gets weak i get that on on my side of this and it was showing that there for a few minutes so it could still be strong enough and um stream yard thinks it's a little weak matter of fact it's there again but it's okay as long as you you think that uh it's going all right i hope i don't put you to sleep ronaldo you tend to nod off when i talk <laughs> According to your comments on Fountain.fm, which I love, I forgot to say, Fountain.fm, this is episode 38 <laughs> of the Hosting House podcast. I premiered it on Fountain.fm, the Fountain Network. It's now available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Tune in, iHeart player, but I, I never hear from anybody on those. This, nobody really wants to hear anything that I've got to say. <laughs> but I want to say it anyway. <laughs> I hope you'll boost, clip, share with all your friends, and subscribe. If you're not subscribers, if you just kind of stop by, please subscribe. And eventually, I'll say or do something that you find interesting. And if I do, if I do, and you're in the uh, value for value exchange setup, uh, I hope you'll you'll express how much value you get out of the podcast this morning. <clears throat> Wide awake. <laughs> so what did you say it was seven hours difference? So it's about three thirty, four o'clock out there. I had a pen pal in South Africa. I wonder if you know her. No, I, I did in, um, uh, I was in elementary school, so that was in the mid-70s, so like 75 through 77 or maybe 73 through 74. I had a pen pal back when you actually wrote letters back and forth. I wish I could find those letters. I can't imagine I got rid of them. 
but um and i can't think of her name i can see she sent me a picture because you know you trade pictures when you're pen pals that's something that they should start again real letter writing pen pals um daggone what was her name i can see her just as clearly as the picture of her but she was in cape town she was in cape town okay it's 410 okay that's not bad i was pretty close guessing <clears throat> but uh i as far as the um i was touched on i've started a hip camp um account and hip camp is uh, an online place it's kind of like it's it's a lot like airbnb only it's designed for campers and according to their pages, this is their language. Hip Camp's an online market company that offers outdoor stays and camping experiences via website and mobile app. Private landowners primarily list campsite, campsite, RV spaces, cabins for users to discover and book based on listing type, location, landscape activities and amenities. What am I offering on Hip Camp? I, you know, honestly, I'm just offering a spot for a tent, a tent camping spot and an RV or camper van, small RV, we're talking class C, small class C or camper van parking spot. Uh, I'm offering them both under the Holstein House brand um, and guests would book through Hip Camp and have a safe spot to spend a night or two, maximum of two. We're not, we're not a campsite, just kind of a spot to rest. Uh, during travels through West Virginia. Um, and I'll have the, the link will be in the show notes. If it's not already, I'll have to adjust those. <clears throat> so I, I learned about Hip Camp through um, the Lots Project, Brian's uh, website or YouTube, and um, asked him about it and was talking to him about it uh, on Telegram this week. And um, got to thinking you know but it's something i actually had thought about but i'd never heard of hip camp so i uh, spoke messaged with him a little bit about it and said i you know and i actually had a consult with him um just kind of you know um talking to him generally about stuff and i asked him about hip camp and he explained to me what it was or is it, it really was what I was thinking about last, uh, well, I kind of thought about it last fall, but then the holidays, and then I started thinking about it again after the first of the year, because I have a couple places where people could put a tent if they're just traveling through. So national forests and stuff are few and far between. If somebody is camping and they're coming through, uh, along the West Virginia Turnpike, there's not a lot of places really that you can camp right now. Now, I understand that our um, Division of Tourism and stuff are trying to work up a, a way to create, and, and you'd have to kind of know some of the geography, but uh, between where I'm at and the Walmart a uh, mile from me, there is a very large open field that belongs to a one of the anchor families in this valley, their descendants. And they're talking about putting an RV campsite there and uh, and setting up canoeing and, and kayaking on the Canal River. I kind of want to tap into that a little bit. I'm very small. 
I have no delusions of grandeur. I don't anticipate, I mean, as far as uh, real estate, I don't have the property to do a whole lot. But I can offer a couple of spots here along with the Airbnb. I can offer people to pull off the road and, um, uh, and, um, and, you know, rest. It's not the a rest area and it's not a Walmart parking lot. I can offer, you know, for an obviously upsell, uh, offer breakfast for additional fee, let them use the shower. The tent space I can put, because I'm not, if I were to provide like a, an actual tent or an actual structure for somebody to, to camp out in or the tent in, I would have to provide a more traditional outdoor toilet, like either a portage on or a permanent structure, semi-permanent structure, wooden kind of thing, uh, either with a composting toilet or something in there. It can't be, according to Hip Camp now, that's to participate in their program, it can't be like a portable, um, one of those nylon travel uh, camping shelter things that you can put a, a toilet in. Uh, but if I don't offer a shelter, if I, if I say, if you're bringing your own tent and you're staying in the backyard, I can put up this temporary toilet facility in, in a hand-washing place to wash your hands or clean your hands and, um, and do it that way. You know, 10 bucks, 15 bucks a night. I can do that. I mean, I'm just letting you use the property. And, um, oh. I should have turned that off, but um, that that's another option. I enjoy, I, I like the things that allow me to stay here at my home. I got to be here anyway for the chickens and the ducks. And I take care of the house and take care of the dogs and take care of the husband. I'm, I'm a throwback, really. I am really a throwback. I, I don't mind the traditional roles for a woman. Born a woman, breeding hips. Or birthing hips. Birthing hips. I think it's birthing hips. Somebody told me one time that's what you say. Well, you got a cow that's going to be good for. I am a Holstein now, you know. <laughs> anyway. Um, but anyhow, I I enjoy being here. I enjoy taking care of the home. And I enjoy working to get some improvements to the home. And, um, you know, I don't mind the the i enjoy the life that that i have right now so if i can help bring in some income to the house while doing these things yay uh and i'm going to do that well i'm going to try <laughs> i don't know how well it'll work oh telegram is just blowing up over here um josh has his uh Meeting of the Minds daily commentary up there. I can't listen to it because it's a, um, he does a, a, a voice recording on it and I can't play it right now. I uh, wish I had the patience for gardening. Lazy garden for sure. Uh, gardening is just challenge. It can be a challenge. Even a, um, even a container garden can be a challenge. Over at the Lots Project, question of the day. Oh, yeah, over the Lots Project, Brian's question of the day is, Is where's the line between insanity and creativity? I figure that um, line is made up by people who have no creativity. 
I do want to promote, I do want to, I do want to boost um, the lots project a little bit. Um, let me see if I can get over here and find it while I'm um, sitting here with you guys. There, it's a, he had a great interview that he posted just last night and I watched it this morning. I think I'm going to link to it down below. Um, let's see, did he call it a live or did he call it a video? Let's see. Yeah, here it is. I'm going to grab the uh, link for this and put it down below for the lots project. He spoke with a lady named Tegrila Gardenia, and she studies plants in a way that she um, records and she calls it music, but she records their vibrations and through a series of technologies, you could say, turns it into music. And it was just a fascinating thing to listen to her speak. Now, I, you know, she's, she's saying plants are alive and yeah, I believe they're alive. She said they communicate. She said, we may not recognize that they're communicating with us, but they do. I can agree with that as well. So it's, it was, I was really, I was listening to it. I had my headset on this morning and was listening to it while I was getting some early work done around here, um, knowing that I had this doctor's appointment and stuff coming up and it was throwing my morning off. And I was just really in, it was really a good uh, interview. I, I encourage you to go over there and listen to um, his interview with her. It was really, really good. So it's going to be under the lots project in the um, in the show notes below. All right, let's see. Uh, we're still. I'm still trying to migrate away from Directv. It's going to happen. I'm just trying to fine tune some things now. I I have already subscribed. I think I shared with you the other day. I've already subscribed with Sling TV. And they have a free a level that's free. It's kind of kind of not really great shows. It's a lot of rerun kind of stuff. Uh, kind of like Pluto TV. If you've ever watched Pluto TV. I like Pluto TV a little bit for, you know, oddball stuff. But the problem is no local channels and we need a few of our local channels. Well, you can use an antenna uh, in most places in the world, but in Appalachia, a lot of the hollows and the valleys and stuff, the, the signal just can't penetrate well, even with the newer digital antennas. So I have a digital antenna kind of hanging in a window and it's really just, it's really weak. The signal's really you can watch it, but it's really choppy. I have a really nice, I've used really a thousand times, haven't I? A nice attic antenna. It's not technically in my attic. The way the house is built, I have it in the alcove off my bedroom. Kind of just, it's hanging also, pointed in the correct direction. So the coax cable that I have going to my upstairs TV, I get a beautiful, beautiful stream or feed from the local channels i've got to get that stream that that signal split again and get it downstairs now 
we had regular satellite direct TV at one time. So we, there are, and plus your regular cable television, they drill holes in your house and they shove that coax cable through. If I can find the right holes in the house, I know they're still there because they don't grow back over. And I can get the right length of coax cable. I can get the signal from that television downstairs. And I know we had a cable running in the basement from direct TV satellite to the living room. And you can pointing like you're sitting here with me, you can see, but to the living room coming in in one of the walls. And if I can get connected to that box where that one came in, then I won't have this big coax cable strung clear across the living room, which is what I want to avoid. And it's going to be a challenge, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I can get it done. I just have to chase everything down on top of everything else I've got going on. But we are going to cut DirecTV and we're going to cut DirecTV for really two reasons. One is they're um, just, just stopping except for the, the mega uh, elephant in the room of Fox News. They're, they've cut off Newsmax and they've cut off OAN and they call it, you know, um, I think they cut OAN. They claimed it was a misinformation station or something like that. And they cut Newsmax because they said that it was um, it was a pricing. They couldn't come agree to a pricing. I, I think they're doing it. I think they're doing it for a different agenda. I really do. And I try not, I don't get into a lot of conspiracies. I don't think it's a conspiracy. I think it's a fact. Um, and their price, they're just off the, I just paid way too much money for that, for that service. And uh, I, I can just do better. And I can put that savings into something else here at the house. We're going to eventually need, um, I want a, a back porch um, enclosed like a mudroom. There's a makeshift back porch there now, and I want it enclosed enough and make it a mudroom and have my deep freeze out there and move uh, some pantry things out there so that I'm not constantly running up and down the stairs of the basement. I don't, I've learned not to like basements since I've lived here. <laughs> I just don't like it. Uh, I don't mind a multi-story house, but I want all my kitchen stuff where I can get to it. I don't want to have to run up and down the stairs. I don't, you know, I just, I just don't like it. I, I, I had no real experience with a basement when we first moved here. So I thought, oh, this is going to be neat. This is going to be neat. And the more I'm here in this house and the more I'm the one running up and down the stairs to do stuff, the more I don't like it. Cause I'm up and down the stairs all the time. And I just, I just hate it. <laughs> I just hate it. So there's, but there, that money can go towards uh, things here that, you know, can be better can be better done and rather than on television. And I, if I did my math correctly, except for not having the local stations, which I have the ability to get anyway, uh, I, I can save about half on my television bill by going to uh, Sling TV. So it's going to happen. I need to step up my getting that uh, local access downstairs I need to get that stepped up the the guest room has really awesome and the the guest room is also on the uh, antenna that's upstairs so it that signal split and the guest rooms on it so if they want to watch regular if they want to watch television the television in the guest room 
has over the air uh, television. Very awesome. About every two weeks or so, whenever I go to turn the room, I run a new scan of the television channels to make sure it's all because sometimes they do updates and, and you got to rescan them. But plus, there's also Wi Fi. If they want to stream stuff on their computers, there's a guest access for the Wi Fi. So our guests have have access to whatever they want to watch. Um, oh, you know, let's see what time. Oh, it's 9.30. So I was talking about the weather a little bit and I was over, I was um, touching base with folks on, on the Facebook and there was, there's a couple areas right around me that when we get rain like we got in the last 24 hours, I mean, it floods. If we get half the amount of rain we got in the past 24 hours, it will often flood. And one of them is a really deep underpass near a chemical plant. And it, it comes off uh, U.S. Route 60 and, and goes under. And it's really deep. And it, it's, along, it's also along a creek. And it may be over the creek. That piece of rose might go over. I'm not sure. But yeah. It connects anyway because there's a drain there. And that underpass will flood a lot. Sometimes it'll clear up within an hour or two. Sometimes it takes a day or two. I mean, it just depends on how much rain we got. And there were some folks just griping about it in one of the local community. I had to drive all the way up here and then have to turn around and go back. Because on either side of that underpass, you've probably got, well, you've got a mile uh, east maybe two miles i think it's about two miles east uh to the city of bell to where you can get back and go back up on the interstate or well us 60 and on going west or coming from the west but on the west side of the um, underpass it's probably four miles or more through malden to rand rand to malden and then up i don't know exactly it may be more than four miles but most people in the area understand that that underpass floods. DOH, Division of Highways, is really good about putting signs out. And this particular person had taken a picture. The sign had water up uh, on the legs. So the signs had gone in the traditional spot to warn people, you know, this is flooded, turn around, go back. But, <coughs> excuse me. Because when it floods a certain amount, you can't, you can't get a, uh, a car under there at all. And folks were, oh, good morning, Steve. How are you? What kind of flooding am I coming back to? You know, uh, Hamlin, well, not Hamlin, but um, Garrett's Bend was flooded really bad. So I don't know in relation to where you're at. Uh, are you still down in, are you still down in Boone County, Steve? But there was, we had about three inches of rain in Canal Valley yesterday. It was a lot, lot more. The flooding I'm talking about is at the, is at the DuPont plant on Route 60 there, the underpass. And it floods all the time. And DOH had some signs up and, um, and it, it got up, uh, not over the signs, but it got uh, got up under the signs and people were griping about it. And just the general point of this, <laughs> this topic was, you know, be glad there was a sign there at all. We had a lot of rain and people will gripe about everything. The, um, 
there's a Baptist church down around Garrett's Bend that had looked like to me on the uh, images I saw had water up over the steps and into the church. If they had a basement, it was definitely had water in it. So I that's down in Lincoln County. I'm not sure about where you you uh, you're at, Steve. But it's good. I'm glad you dropped in. I'm glad you dropped in. It's good to see you. I hope you're doing all right down in Charlotte. Don't bring any of those airplane diseases back to the Canal Valley. Yeah, so I don't know in, in your area. I mean, I don't know exactly where your place is, but I know about from seeing stuff on, on Facebook. Uh, I don't know how close you are to the creek down there. You might have water up in your yard. Because it was, it was, um, I don't know if Madison proper had a lot of water, but um, I know down, down along, uh, down along Garrett's Bend, there was, there was a lot of water. And it's, uh, obviously it's going to the canal and going out. Was it historic rainfall? Well, I, there was a comment um, on one of the news channels that it was historic rainfall. And I, I don't know. I was trying to find what they were calling historic. And it had more to do with the fact that we've not had that much rain in the area in February for several years. I don't see, where did I put that thing? I, I have this cheat sheet, but I would, I need cheat sheets printed out. And if I did that every time, it just, I'd be going through a ream of paper every couple of days. Sorry, guys. Oh, so here it is. It said, um, this was from WOWK, said Thursday was the wettest day since at least last summer for the Canal Valley and in Huntington. The wettest since early in 2021. Rainfall amounts were above the highest ever recorded for February and more precipitation is expected overnight and we got around three inches yesterday. So uh, it was raining and the temperature's dropping, Steve. It's supposed to drop down into the 30s by this afternoon so it's gonna be cold if you're coming back today so the um i'm sorry i'm reading eight million things I had uh, I had a request to book the house, book the room. Um, and of course, I was already in bed with a headache, but uh, uh, someone wanted to book the room last night, and they requested it about seven thirty. I don't. I res I have instant book on Airbnb, and that means that if you meet certain criteria, which isn't a whole lot, you've had at least one other stay, and you've got your valid ID and stuff uh, with uh, Airbnb you can just book the room you know you can just go on in and book the room i have a couple of restrictions on it one is that you can't book it the day you're coming in so if you want to stay tonight you can't book it today you would have had to book it yesterday and part of the reason is exactly what happened last night was i was already in bed 
the room is ready. The house is kind of, I need to pick up a little more. I had a lot going on the last couple of days and, and need to get some stuff tidied up. But um, the room's ready. But I was in bed. And if I didn't have some restrictions on the instant book, then the person would have been able to book the room last night and was showed up on the doorstep, you know, eight or nine o'clock. And here, you know, I'm already in bed. So I do have some restrictions for that reason. And I know it can be frustrating for people who are wanting to stay or are catch themselves. I, this person had mentioned that they had been to some auctions in the area and just couldn't make it back home and just wonder if they could stay here, uh, you know, just for the night. And had they, yeah, you know, I, I get it. I get it, but I I don't operate that way, and I'm pretty set in my ways of how I operate my my B and B. And you don't show up today to book tonight because it's just me, and it's just well, it's Wayne and I, but it's it's just me, and it's just one room. It's not like I have you know a group of rooms, and I can say, okay, I've got a free one down there. Go ahead, help yourself. And so the the hip camp one is is the same way. I have it set the same way so that you can't, you have to give me, I think hip camp I set, set at 48 hours. And part of the reason for that is I've got to let, for the parking area to back to back in off the street, I got to make sure my vehicles are out of the way because I usually park there and it's no big deal to move, which is part of the, the thing. But also if I've got a guest for the Airbnb, I need to make sure that everybody can get parked where they need to be parked. Because if you're tent camping, you're going to be parked on the street. If you're in a camper van, you're going to be parked on the parking pad. If you are a an Airbnb guest, you're going to be parked uh, maybe on the street, but it's going to be right in front of the house. So I have to make sure all of that's okay. And I have to make sure that everything is, that, and even that I'm going to be here because and like I said, I have a doctor's appointment this morning that I've got to be at. And um, i got to make sure that there's nobody coming in when I'm going to the doctor or when I'm not back from the doctor. So I um, I don't, at one time I had a couple people listed as um, co-hosts. And I think I still have my sister listed as a co-host for Airbnb. But um, they really can't help me day to day because they both work. When I originally set it up, uh, you know, the idea was they would be here in the evenings and, and could help, you know, if I was running late, you know, running errands or something. But my niece, who was helping me for a while as a co-host, she has a life. She has a husband and she has kids that are into stuff. Her son is uh, in middle school and her daughter's in high school. And they're playing soccer and they're playing basketball and they're playing stuff. They're doing stuff. So they're not available now. So I have to, I, and plus it's my, my house. People forget that it's my house. So my house, my rules. But, you know, if you had ever considered, you know, having an Airbnb or, you know, sharing a room out of your house or any of those other things, you have to think these things through. You don't want to be a doormat for people. So you have to have some rules. And one of the rules that I have is you don't book the day you're showing up. Now, you know, people may not like that, but that's that's okay. That's okay. You, there are other places you can stay. Uh, one thing I did have to do because I did look at, and I, there are those who would say you should never drop your rates. I did drop them. And part of the reason I dropped them is because 
I dropped them by $5 a night, which is not terrible. But Airbnb now presents the charges that the individual is going to pay. And nobody's going to pay, um, you know, $57. No, it was more than that. What was it? It was... 63 was it 63 i think it was 63 dollars to stay in our room it's it's that's not a good value even with all the other things that i offer which a lot of airbnbs don't you know a lot of airbnbs don't offer you breakfast you know they'll give you a place you can fix your own but anyway i do that uh but their fees are in there and that's why i encourage people to book direct with me because you're not paying that extra fee if you book direct, which I still, you still can't book the same day, but if you book direct, you don't have all those, those fees. You're not paying all that money to Airbnb. You save money, I save money. Because you're, you're paying it. The guest is paying it. I'm not paying it. I'm going to adjust my rate to a, a reflect what they're charging me. So if I want $50 out of a room and they're going to charge me $3 for the privilege of using the Airbnb platform and charge you $3 for the privilege of using Airbnb to, you know, reserve a room, then I'm going to add that money into the rate so that it's not costing me. I'm going to charge 53. It's going to cover my three and you're going to pay your own three. That's just how that works. <laughs> it's called capitalism. And that's why I restrict instant book. I uh, have to pop out for a customer pickup quick three minutes. I, well, Ronaldo, if you if I'm still here, now I'm going off at 10. So if I'm still here, come on back. <laughs> so uh, now I kind of, I hate, I kind of hate to discuss the mess over in Ohio because it's just a no-win situation over there. Bless their hearts. They just... The people over in Palestine, Ohio, they, they're just in a, you can, you can blame, you, you can blame Norfolk Southern. And you can also say this was strictly an accident. However, if I am driving a car and my tires lock up and I plow into somebody else, I'm still responsible for that accident. And, you know, I could have done everything I need, I could possibly have done, you know, maintenance wise to prevent that. And it still happened because of, of a failure of equipment. Now, what they were saying early on, and as far as I know, they're still saying, um, was that a bearing, a bearing went bad in one of the wheels, it, it heated up, it caught fire and caused the, or the heat would have weakened the steel, the steel and, and led to this um, train derailment. Um, I can get that. I can get that. My dad and my grandparent, my grandfather were both welders and and fabricators. And dad could can design. He built a, he built a ship for somebody or a boat. I don't know what the difference of a ship and a boat, but it was big. It was bigger than my house is, and it had the big thing and it's out somewhere on the Mississippi now I think but um, 
he built this big ship for some boat for somebody and um you know he bent steel he he welded steel he heated steel i mean he has built mine escape hatches he's he's rebuilt wrecked um trailers for 18 wheelers i mean i've watched him you know force metal to do what he wants it to do with heat if if metal gets hot enough it will give so i i don't know I, it would be it just would be guessing but if you've ever seen an 18 wheeler go down a road and you've seen the wheels glow hot because the brakes are stuck or if they're going downhill you know and the brakes get hot and they catch on fire you know these things happen now i don't know all of the rules about when they have to notify communities that hazardous materials are going through i've always assumed that everything that was on the train on the gondolas or the flats or the or, or the or the um tanks or, or whatever could be potentially hazardous always have thought that i guess because i've grown up so close you know just a block away from the marshaling yards the trains have always gone by here and they were going, coming from the coal mines and they were going to the chemical plants and i mean they just had all kinds of stuff on them even sometimes people because when ringling brothers was was a thing they were going up and down this railroad and they would stay in the marshaling yard so it's just awful what's happened to those folks and i can't blame them for being furious um the guys from norfolk southern not showing up the other day i kind of get that because those people were really angry and those kind of meetings can get very ugly very quick because their emotions emotions are so high right now why the federal government representation isn't there, I don't know. But I can tell you they're not in, in, in place because of my vote. I didn't vote for this administration. I'm not going to get real political about it. But I didn't vote for these people. And I'd like to think that the ones that I did vote for would have been there. Uh, I watched a little bit of uh, Fox News's, News Channel's The Five yesterday. Not a whole lot of it. I, I just can't watch a lot of it anymore. But they were going wild wild about we now know that the federal government's not going to be there for you well the federal government hasn't been there for people for a long time if you remember hurricane katrina i mean it goes back even further than that but that was the first one that popped up in my mind maybe because of all the rain we'd had for the past few days i don't know but i thought you know those poor people down in louisiana down in that uh that uh uh the football stadium <laughs> Where was the federal government for them? You know, and the federal government at that time took a beating in the news, a real beating. So I I saw the clips of the senator um, over there, you know, touching that water and that, that chemical boiling up to the top when he touched the creek water. I get it. I've seen that kind of stuff. There's a creek that runs back behind the house. And before the EPA got really strict with these people, and maybe even still now, but before the EPA got really strict with these, uh, uh, with the with the water um, pollution, the marshaling yard up here used to dump diesel, or maybe it wasn't a dump, maybe it was a leak, I don't know, but diesel used to flow in that creek. 
and there wasn't anything living in that creek. You looked down and you had that oily sheen. It wasn't just an oily sheen. It was a, it was a layer of diesel on top of the water. And one time I was, in, I was in elementary school then too, because I walked to school. It was just right up here. And, the, and something caused that creek to catch on fire. Whether I don't know if it was somebody's trash fire in their backyard or what it was, but something. And it almost burned down a couple of houses because that water flamed up high in that creek. When that, and you know, it takes a lot to get that stuff to, to burn like that. So I, those folks are in a bad way. And, um, I just think, you know, I, oh, you're back. Good. You're back. Glad to see you, Ronaldo. The, the folks out there now, they keep talking about the animals that have died and, and chickens will kill over and die from a little bit of nothing. If you get too much ammonia buildup in the coop, it'll kill them. They're, they are subject to respiratory issues easily. And that's why you used to hear the stories here of uh, canaries in the coal mine. The coal miners had back, you know, it's been a long time, but they had canaries in a cage. And if those canaries killed over, they got out of there because the canaries would die from um, gases in the coal mines before people would notice that they were there and before they would explode because some of that stuff you can't smell. And so if that canary killed over, they got out of there. So the animals dying from the fumes, I get it. I understand it. I mean, it's awful. But they die and uh, from stuff like that. So, um, you know, Norfolk Southern's going to have to get on the ball. And the federal government's going to have to get on the ball, too, to help those people. I don't know why. As of this morning, FEMA was not helping out over there. And... FEMA should be helping. And if they have to turn around and send a, an invoice to Norfolk Southern and say, you're responsible for this pay up, fine. But get in there. You've got, FEMA's got disaster services right now ready that should be able to get in there and help those folks. Now, the next question is, do they rebuild there or do they offer to relocate them? When I worked for the State Conservation Agency, um, I worked in the water resources division for most of the time that I was there. Excuse me. And um, we cleaned up after a lot of floods. I mean, bad floods, not just a couple of road floods. I mean, floods where houses were washed away. And we worked on the streams mostly, the state did. And um, what we would see were people who were in flood-prone areas, areas that would frequently get lots of water, not just a little bit of aggravation in your front yard like I've got, but stuff that would move outbuildings and move houses and damage cars. They would rebuild right back in the same place because that was home. And it didn't matter that the, that the chances of them being flooded again, you know, was very high. They wanted to rebuild right, right back home. And FEMA, at one point, I don't know if they still do or not, because it seemed to me I saw a headline that they were being forced to change their policies. But FEMA would rebuild, and then they'd say, no more. We've rebuilt you twice, and we're not going to rebuild you anymore. You know, if you don't have flood insurance, and flood insurance can be outrageous. I don't... Where I'm trying to go with this, and um, it, it, it's not a perfect, none, none of this is perfect. It's just, you know, 
when people live in areas where there's a high probability of them losing everything they've got, they should not be encouraged to move back there. Now, these folks in Palestine, Ohio, I don't know when that railroad was first put there, but as far as I'm aware, this is the first disaster like this that they've ever had. Uh, I know trails, uh, I know trains derail, and it's not always disastrous because I had one over here about 10 years ago. A couple of coal cars just, and I don't know why, I never did figure out why it didn't bother me. Coal cars just were over on their sides. And they went in there and they got the coal cars up, cleaned it all up, and went on with their life. Uh, had it been a chemical tanker, it would have been a lot different. But the coal car, I don't, I don't know if the, if the if, I, I just don't know. But anyway, do they, they live in an area that has high potential because of the railroad going through there. But the number of catastrophic uh, derailments, as far as I know, this is the first one for them. So you're looking at, is can the ground be trusted? Can, can they be trusted to get the ground cleaned up? Or is this going to end up being like a, a, um, a brown field where the, the, you can't clean it up? It just, the contamination goes too deep. If it's decided that the contamination goes too deep, then I believe that Norfolk Southern has a responsibility to relocate all of those families affected. I know that a lot of them are furious because they're being told to use Dawn dishwashing soap and just clean it up. They shouldn't be the ones cleaning it up. Norfolk Southern needs to be cleaning it up. And people need to be ready to accept either that it's clean or that they just don't, don't even fool with it. Buy me out. Buy me another place to live. Because you're either going to have confidence that it's clean enough to live in and you're not going to get sick or you're just going to have to relocate. Because if you don't think it's clean enough, it'll never be clean enough. If you're that worried about it, you're always going to be worried about it. It could very well be that the best thing over there is for Norfolk Southern just to buy out the community. And I know it probably would bankrupt the company. I, I don't I don't know what the cost of that would be. I don't know what that looks like. But um, as much as people want to stay home, it, it may be just so contaminated that they can't. Um, if if that if that chemical is down below that water to where, you know, you can take a stick and you can drag it through that water and up comes this oil. Look like oil to me. It may not have been oil, but could have been diesel, I guess, but I don't remember them saying diesel. But um, yeah, yeah, it's a uh, they need to they need to consider buying those folks out. Uh, we're coming up on ten o'clock, so I'm going to start to wind down. I really appreciate everybody um, chipping in this morning. It was uh, live unscripted, so you got exactly what you paid for. <laughs> if you ask a question, I tried to answer it. So I'm going to start winding down there. And um, what I'm going to do here is just give a couple of seconds of dead silence so that I can clip the, uh, clip the podcast off there. I really appreciate you guys spending time with me today. And we will see you on Tuesday. So there you have it. 
Post your comments, do all that boosting, liking, sharing, thumbs up, and stuff that helps spread the word and poke the algorithms. Follow me on most of the big social media platforms and look for my name, Robin Holstein, or Holstein House. Till next time, bye-bye.